My dear friends, in today's epistle, the apostle speaks to us of how important it is not to live our lives haphazardly. He says, I run not at random, not, not without thinking, without a purpose. Paul, the epistle, brings us this message that we need to work for our salvation and that it does not suffice for us to be Christian, to be Catholic, to be baptized. It is necessary that we do our part. He gives the analogy of the Hebrew people. They were all called to go to the Holy Land. They all went through these great miracles. They all passed through the sea. And yet, he says, most of them didn't make it. And the reason why was that they were being led, yes, but they did not run themselves. They didn't go with the purpose of following Christ, following God. In the same way for ourselves, as Septuagesima reminds us, as we're coming close to Lent, we do need to work for our salvation. The gospel itself speaks of... Uh, the same message that many are called, but not, not all make it, not all are chosen. And it speaks of vocation, but today I would like to take a side note of the gospel to speak of a topic that I think is also important in our day and age, and that is the blessing, and notice the, the word I use, the blessing of work. Now, work comes to us from the very beginning of creation from the first moment of our existence. Think of the first words that God gave to men. This is one of those things where you see God's goodness and how everything that he does is for our welfare, for our sake. The first words could have been, pray all the time, worship me. Or the first words could have been, suffer for me. Or you will be here for my glory. But no, the first words of our Lord, of our God, to men, were a blessing, all of it a blessing. The Bible tells us, And God blessed them, saying, Grow, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over all living creatures. Those were the first beautiful words that God addressed to mankind. Later on, it tells us that he added the blessing of work, the Bible tells us again, the book of Genesis. And the Lord God took man and put him into the paradise of pleasure to dress it and to keep it. So even in paradise, even before the fall of men, we were supposed to work and that was a blessing. In our day and age, my dear friends, laziness, idleness is prevalent. It is very present everywhere, especially in our youth. And it is very hard to resist. Those of you who are past 35 years old, even if you don't say it, we all know that when we were younger, it was difficult to be idle. Because if you were idle, you would get bored. If you were a child, my generation, you could lay on your couch for a while, but then after a while, you'd have nothing to do. Your mind would be wandering. You'd think, I have to do something. You would get up and go play with your friends or go into a bike or on a bike, do whatever else. Now, that's not the case. Now the devil and the world have put in their hands, in the hands of our youth and in our own hands, so much entertainment and movies and music and sports and all kinds of uh, things to make us waste our time. 
in such a way that laziness, idleness is very difficult to resist in our society. And our culture has grown so easy, so effortless, that our youth have no idea of what it is to work. You notice it when you go to a restaurant or a place where, they require, where it requires service, how the young people don't know how to work. And this is a very bad thing. It's a very bad thing because idleness and laziness is self-destructive. God tells us, grow, multiply, rule the earth. The devil tells us, be mediocre, lay down, hide, don't do anything, self-destroy. That is what happens. Think, my dear friends, how everything that is pleasant, if you do it in excess, is bad for you. Even if in itself it's good. Eating is a very good thing. But if you eat in excess, you destroy your body. You grow fat. You grow ugly. You get a heart attack. Sleeping is a good thing. But if you sleep in excess, you also destroy your body and your mind and your will. In the same way, recreation, fun, idleness, if you do it in excess too much, it's self-destructive. Father, we get the message. Let me give you one last example. Think of water. How beautiful water is when it runs, how clean it looks, how it glows with the, star, with the light of the sun. Think of how beautiful it smells where it is, what beautiful noise it makes, how it purifies, it cleanses, it gives life, plants grow next, next to it. Animals come to drink from it. How beautiful water is when it runs. Stop it. Make the water be idle. It stagnates. It becomes dirty. It stinks. It becomes infected. It brings death. It brings disease. Nothing grows around it but bad plants, things that are not good for us. Animals don't come close to it. You wouldn't swim in it. You wouldn't even touch it. It doesn't bring life anymore. That's what happens with our souls when we give, we give ourselves to idleness, to being lazy. There's a story that I don't remember if I got it from a life of a saint or from my father. But it was a very good, good story. It was this farmer. You know that as a farmer, usually your children are not too keen to continue in the farm. This farmer had two sons. And he was dying. And he wanted to get his children to be interested in the farm and to see how good it was. He told them before he died, he said to them, Sons, I left a treasure in the field. When I die, dig and you will find it. He dies and immediately both sons get into it, probably rented a tractor or something and start digging all throughout the field, trying to find this gold. Nothing. Well, the time for the, for the uh, sowing starts, so they sow all the seeds and they get the harvest. And it's a great harvest, very good, because they remove the land a lot. Next year comes, let's try to find the treasure again. Started digging. This time they dig deeper. They, they dug deeper to try to find it. Nothing. But again, they get a really good harvest. They, try, they tried a third year. And when they didn't find the treasure, they realized, this was my father. 
Our father told us that so that we would realize that there was a good treasure in the work that we put in this farm. And that if we worked hard, we would get great fruit from it. And they learned the lesson and they were prosperous in their farm. On the second part of the sermon, there is a second part. I would like to tell you a little bit, going to the, the details of this blessing that God gave us, to understand how beautiful it is. Think of the first word that God told us. He said to us, grow. And this, my dear friends, a commandment, yes, but also a blessing, makes us understand that it is our duty to continuously grow as a human being in every possible sense, not just physically. Because physically there could be a limit this way, but not that way. But you have to grow also in your mind by learning more and more. You have to grow in your soul by practicing virtue. You have to grow in your will by trying to do things that are more difficult, taking difficult endeavors, challenging yourself. Grow, our Lord tells us. And this is very important for us as parents, you, those of you who are parents, to take into consideration with your children. You have the duty to make sure that your children grow intellectually, learning more things, spiritually, doing acts of virtue, receiving the sacraments, in the will, in their willpower, challenging them, give them responsibilities, put them to work. If you have a child that is 12, 13, 14, and he doesn't have responsibilities, and he's not being challenged, and he's not facing difficulties that he has to endure and to, to overcome. Difficulties that you put under control, obviously. You're failing. Your child is not growing. That blessing, he is not receiving it. The second word that our Lord told us is multiply. We're all called to some form of parenthood. All of us. Some of you are called to parenthood as a family, to raise, a children, to raise children. Others are called to a spiritual parenthood, as a sister in a school, raising children, multiplying them for God, children of God, as a priest, converting people, saving souls, multiplying them for heaven, or as a single person in the world, helping others, bringing souls to heaven, converting them, teaching to them. The point is this. None of us is allowed to live for, our, for ourselves. We're not allowed to live just for ourselves. You are not allowed to live a selfish life. It is against the grain of your nature. It is against what you were made for. It is against your very essence. All of us are called to live for other people, to help other people, to be more, to influence. And so this again, to think of our parents and our youth as a father, as a mother, try to make sure that your children learn that they cannot live just for themselves. If you as a young person, your, mind, your main thought is, I want to do this, I want to go there, this is the plan of my life for me so that I can enjoy this and this and that, you're living it entirely wrong. You will not be fulfilled, things will not work out, you will not be happy. 
you will only reach happiness when you start living for other people. I would like to mention one last point, and then I'll be done. I've been talking about the blessings that God gave us when he created us. There was also a curse, you know, if you know the story of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve betrayed God. They didn't keep his commandments. And God did give them a curse that was attached to work. The Bible tells us again, when man had fallen, God said to him, Cursed is the earth in thy work. With labor and toil shall thou eat thereof all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. In the sweat of thy brow shall thou eat bread, till thou return to the earth out of which thou wast taken. For dust thou art, and into dust thou shalt return. This is, if you think about it, a very terrible curse. God is telling us basically that yes, as a man, you will be going out to work, you will face accidents, you will face difficulties, contradictions, things will not work. You will, think, you will think that you build the furniture right and then you'll realize you miss screws and you have to do it again, all these kind of things. But after the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and after his redemption and his cross, these sufferings that are attached to work are also a good thing. They're also blessing. They're also meritorious. Now, when you suffer in your toil, in your work, in your chores, you can offer those things to God. And those, those things lead you to save other souls, to sanctify yourself, to grow again spiritually. So even that, even the curse that we received from original sin is a good thing for us now. To end the sermon today then, my friends, as we prepare for Lent, as today's Sunday helps us to prepare for Lent, it is very important that we make it a point to see work as a blessing and to take idleness away from our lives. Idleness not only of the body, but also of the mind, of our will, of our soul. Take that idleness away. Don't permit it to be there in your life or in your family or in your home so that you can enjoy that blessing to grow, to multiply, and to subdue and rule creation as God intended so that we can make it to heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.